Hello, and welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we are Booksmen. And we're back, baby. Yeah. Well, you were here last week, but I wasn't. Yeah. Even though I had already done the required reading, and uh, I thought we were recording. I thought we were going to record later, but, you know. So did I. It's fine now. Sharp-eared listeners of uh, last week's Ask Tim, or Tim Answers Your Questions, um, Mm would have heard me saying numerous times, uh, this is just to hold you over for a day or two before we release (laughs) the next episode of Books the Podcast. Um, And then we just didn't. Look, you got an hour long of one I of us last week. I haven't listened to that yet. I think partially because uh, I assume, like, uh, I don't know, you lied about a lot of stuff in it, and I would just get mad listening to you lying for an hour straight. Nah. What did you think I would lie about? But stuff about me. All all uh, just things to... I didn't really talk know. about you, Tom. Well, then I Tom, can't imagine uh, the episode was very popular. Uh, it was it was extremely popular. Although I did float a thing, like I got some good feedback. Hey, thanks for listening. I did float a thing that I told uh, you I didn't listen. Not you. I'm li- I'm talking to the listeners now, Tom. Not you, you um, numbskull. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dunderhead. Um, I got. I floated an idea that I wanted um, to get feedback i wanted people to sound off in the comments i mean nobody sounded off in the comments about this which makes me think did anybody listen to this <laughs> tom i'm a vegetarian I, I thought you said it had record numbers um i should look we can look up and see how many people listened i don't i'll I don't do that another time do that. um i'll try to bring these up um i'll do it while you're talking later um Tim, i don't i don't do it for the numbers i do <laughs> and I was very honest about that in my episode last week. Um, no, I said somebody asked about being a vegetarian if I would mm-hmm. um, uh, ever not be a vegetarian for some reason. Yeah. And I've talked about this with you privately, I think. Mm-hmm. What I want to do is like for a couple months, one day a week, just go out and try. Um, one fast food item that's come out in the last like five or six years since I became a vegetarian mm. uh, that I feel like I've missed out on, like uh, the Popeye's chicken sandwich, one week, um, right. the fresh, never frozen uh, quarter pounder from yes. McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some other stuff that I can't think of. I guess the chicken sandwich war is really heated up. Um, yeah, everybody's well, got I, a good chicken sandwich. I think they've cooled back down since. Then. I know, but they're they're still out there. There's a yeah. there's a McDonald's chicken sandwich that they have a commercial running for right now. Oh, Tom, really? I haven't seen that. that. Uh, it makes my mouth water. Um, and I would I, love to go back and just eat like a Five Guys cheeseburger. I want to. I want a two month sabbatical, <laughs> eight weeks, where like only one day a week. Because if I eat any more than that, I'll be. I'll, get killed because all i want to eat is fast food meat i don't want to eat like <laughs> it's not like i want to go out for a nice steak dinner no nah, i don't need right. that um uh, I want yeah the gutter I mean, shit you, you can you can do whatever you want tim you, you know you're not uh a vegetarian for like religious reasons or anything as far as i know right i am a very religious man tom my faith is very important to me <laughs> um but yeah i mean i i you, I've talked about it and you know that like uh, my, my girlfriend's vegetarian. So 
I eat vegetarian pretty much every dinner because I don't know, I'm not going to make like a separate <laughs> dinner for me. I don't care that much. And uh, it's fine. I still feel, uh, you know, I, I can still walk around feeling somewhat smug that I'm not eating as much meat as I used right. to. I'm not doing this to be smug. Right. Because you are still killing animals uh, elsewhere. You're just not eating For them. fun. Yeah. Right. It's just like a very sick uh, uh, psychopath thing you do. Yeah. It's uh, it's how I get my jollies, Tom. <laughs> Uh, I had the, uh, Burger King, they've got a Whopper melt now. Uh, I had that last week. It was pretty good. Hmm. You know, oh yeah. Like those a, do look good. Um, yeah. and there's one like hot and spicy one. And, uh, I'm just like, Hey, you're branding these, the Whopper. Why not make mm. them with the impossible patties? Like you make with yeah, the impossible Whopper. They must have some kind of like a marketing, uh, some kind of an agreement with them where they can't make other impossible branded things. Cause I thought the same thing where it's like, Oh, these are all Whopper melts. Surely you can pick. Uh, I mean, maybe you can, maybe you can customize it, but they just don't advertise it. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, Pretty good. It, I I just got the regular one because that awful thing happened where I was at a a, um, a drive-in ordering this, and you know it was like the perfect you know I was traveling. I was driving you know had had just flown back and had to go out to Long Island to pick up the dog and and then drive back to Brooklyn. So an excuse to eat garbage food. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stopped at Burger King and I was like, oh, let's see what new stuff. I hadn't heard that they had this, but I saw it. I was like, oh, shit. But then uh, the, the, the the display changed before I could get the full idea of the options. I hate those freaking right? rotating displays. So so I'm like, I'll take a uh, you know, Whopper melt. Uh, which kind? And, um, and there's like cars behind me honking yeah, and stuff. Honking. <laughs> Move uh, so I'm like, oh, just, just the regular one, please. Yeah, uh, because the the damn display had changed. I was I wasn't uh, aware of what the other options might yeah. be. Um, Sucks. If I were to go to a fast food place, Tom, I think mm-hmm. these days, I think I'd do it all on my phone. Is yeah, there any I mean, downside that, to that. Yeah, that's the way to do it. I went to so when I was in um uh, uh, Florida last week on vacation for people I'm who haven't listened. For people who haven't listened to our regular show yet, that's where I was, despite Tim's implications otherwise. I went, so my girlfriend uh, watches a lot of TikTok, and she's always, like, uh, suggesting Trying things. to get you to do the dances? <laughs> no, just always, like, sharing things she's learned on TikTok. And often, they're very interesting, and one of sex them- Sex tips? No, not, I don't need sex tips, thank you very much. Um I'm absent. Watch this teen uh, <laughs> tell you how to, how to please me. <laughs> I need to listen to some 17 year old boy telling me how to please a woman <laughs> on TikTok. But um, she showed me this TikTok where it was this person talking about how the sandwiches at Publix, you know, Publix, the, uh, the supermarket chain. Mm-hmm. I'm like aware that, of it. I've never been there. Yeah. Me, same here. That was like the sandwiches at Publix are like next level. They're so good. Um, and how amazing they are. So it's like, oh, well, we got to try these. So we go to Publix one day 
And because uh, it was like it, it was, I don't know, a block away. We could walk there. The, the deli counter seemed I thought it was going to be a um, a Wawa situation with a touch screen and everything. No, it's it's a regular just you order at the counter. Okay. So al- already I'm like, can I get, you know, and they're like, oh, that's going to take us four minutes to cook it. I'm like, oh, that's fine. Four minutes is fine. But then the person who tells me that then just like walks away to like a different department. After I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> Did they think that it would dissuade you? Where they're like, it'll no, take because, four minutes, and then they're like, eh, now this guy will leave. No, because she had already asked. She had already asked if that was okay, and I was like, yeah, that's fine. Four minutes is nothing. Um, but then she four like, minutes wh- is nothing to me, a man with nothing to do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so she just like walked away though. And I'm like, I don't think she told anyone else. I want that sandwich though. So like four minutes is something when I don't know when that four minutes is going to start. <laughs> right. Um, so I wound up just grabbing a prepackaged sandwich and, uh, it, it was like, I would say below average. So then like a few days later, actually our last day there, we were like, all right, let's order through the our the app or whatever. So then you can see the full iPhone options. iPhone application. You can see the full options. You know everything that's available to you. Got one of these sandwiches. It was fine. This is how I would describe it. It was a Quizno sandwich with boar's head meat. That's sound. That's pretty fucking good. It's uh, not you know bad. what? I know Quiznos is the is a popular punching bag, and I know they went really downhill. Mm-hmm. But when Quiznos first started, Tom, you right. took me to a Quiznos because you were like, <laughs> "I've been to this place before. Uh, you've never been to it. Um, it was near the mall. We went. <laughs> it was right next to the freaking GameStop or Funko uh, Land. Funko or Land, yeah, it's next to yeah. Funko Land. Um, and uh, what was the one with the guacamole, like the chicken bacon ranch or oh, something? Oh yeah, or... yeah, that's something like that. Yeah, that, and we both ate that, and we we're like, "This is this is a good fucking sandwich. <laughs> this is you know, the cream of the crop right here." I I don't remember that, but I like that you remember that you were like you were insistent, and you were right. It was delicious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a time where like I think. It's a popular thing at the time to eat a Subway sandwich every once in a while, or <laughs> right? It was a big craze at the at the in the early aughts. And freaking to this day, I'm sure if you went to one of the eight remaining, or Quiznos, maybe the late late nineties. Yeah, no, because you had come back from college, and oh, you were okay. like, "Oh, they they opened one like, of these I've, near I've my campus." Th- I've learned things in college, Tim. <laughs> Let me show you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like it was miles ahead of of Subway. So you say you're saying telling me you have that experience, but with quality meats, a boar's yeah. head meat. It wasn't um, bad, but but I was expected to be blown away. I was expecting if somebody's if somebody's taken fifteen seconds out of their life to make a TikTok about this, surely it must be mind blowing. It was fine. I I kind of got the impression of like that where a lot of publics are are in places maybe where delis aren't very common. Yeah. Hey, we got so, New York delis everywhere. Exactly. I'm like, hey, I could get a, a roast beef on rye. You know where I go every day? Corn for beef lunch? on rye, I guess. Katz's Deli. 
Yeah, Tim, I go to Katz's Deli every day for lunch, too. I'm surprised we haven't run into each other. I, <laughs> yeah, we I must a, be on different schedules. A mile, a mile high pastrami sandwich. Yeah. Every I day. Mean, it costs me $27. They put too much meat on those sandwiches. That yeah. and the Carnegie Deli. Come on, guys. Enough. Yeah, I got, hey, I got, at the end of the day, I got to get my mouth around this thing, pal. Yeah. yeah I'm not a freaking cartoon character. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that, that was my experience with, uh, uh, Florida cuisine. Everything else I had was like, it was fine. It was okay. I, I felt like a lot of places that people raved about. It was like, I, I guess this is me being a New York snob, <laughs> like places that people raved about. It was like, if this place were in my neighborhood, it would be. It would be the worst of, you know, 10 Mexican restaurants nearby. Wow. Dumb. Which still is pretty good. You know, yeah. Mexican food is... is uh, tenth, tenth best taco in the neighborhood, and it's nothing Rarely to disappoints, but, but again, I just, I, I just felt like a snob because all these places locals would recommend we would go there, and it was like, eh. We were never, like, blown away by anything. Hmm. The only thing I was, bl- I actually was, I had a very good um, uh, buffalo chicken pizza. <laughs> you love a buffalo chicken anything. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so I enjoyed that. That that was, uh, can, we and that was bu- a- can we squeeze buffalo chicken into, I don't know, whatever, a quesadilla. Well, and um, also like so many of these places. Calzone. It was like, oh, you got to go to this place. It's the best Mexican. And it's like in a strip mall. And uh, like this one place, we were like, "Can we eat? Can we eat in the back? Because there's like a back patio." And they're like, "Oh yeah, of course." And they're like, "Just follow me." And we had to like go through the kitchen, which is you know fine, but it was like the kitchen was so tight, like everybody had to like move out of the way, and even that was like not enough room to get past people. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know, maybe you shouldn't have a back patio. If this is the only way to get back there. Eh, it seemed fine. It's ten seconds out of everybody's life. It was fine. They had a Get to they eat had, alfresco. I almost yeah. I almost uh, accidentally ordered a. Um, uh, they had a thing called a hillbilly bowl. Oh no! You're not allowed to eat that. Yeah, well, because I just saw that it had queso, and I was like, oh, there's like a because uh, they had burrito bowls. I was like, oh, there's like a burrito bowl, but with queso. I'm in. But no, it was like the reason why it was a hillbilly bowl was because it didn't have anything like vaguely Mexican in it. <laughs> Except for queso. It was like queso, meat, and I don't even know what the other thing was, but it wasn't beans and it wasn't rice. Huh. So like it was literally meant for raccoon. Like, yeah. It was literally meant for have you come to this strip mall Mexican restaurant and everything on our menu is too exotic for you? <laughs> <laughs> then then this is what we, this is what we have um tom real quick on books the podcast we've covered fast food and sandwiches and uh mexican mm-hmm. food florida mexican food yeah um i just wanted to uh tell you i finally watched the film mm-hmm. uh that everybody's talking about uh Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee's sex tape. I wish. I wish <laughs> I could get my hands on that. Is that still available? I'm I'm sure that's available somewhere online now. Huh. Um 
Well, I'll be sure to look that up. No, I saw I the movie. I haven't watched any of that Hulu series, but one thing that I read about it, which is hilarious, was that uh, like one of the aspects they got right that was accurate was when that when that was available, when they had like you know commercials on TV to buy that sex tape, you had to mail a check <laughs> to a place, <laughs> and then yeah, they I'd... would send it to you. Checks. If somebody has that information on the check, they could just clear you out, right? Yeah, I mean, checks, I, I don't understand what, what uh, how checks work, uh, why. Apparently, you can just like write those numbers on a piece of paper and say this is a check, which makes sense because you can buy a checkbook yeah, with like just Goofy numbers. on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just numbers. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, if Goofy doesn't negate the thing, then uh, <laughs> what can no, it's just like, I don't know, as a kid, I thought, like, checks... <laughs> if Goofy doesn't fuck up the whole transaction, um, yeah, I just, you can I, do whatever you want. I just thought checks, I think because they had, like, wavy lines on them, it was like, oh, this is, like, money. This is, mm-hmm. you know, only the banks can print this. The There's telltale like security wavy features. lines of money. <laughs> It just seemed like only the banks can print this stuff. And then I remember like when we were kids, like a big innovation was you could buy like software that would let you print checks from your printer to like pay your bills and stuff. Um, That's pretty cool. I would like that now. I mean, I guess I just pay all my bills online. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um on an app with with one click and it's fine. Well, and then you think about, you know, when's the last time you've brought a check to a bank and not used mobile deposit where it's literally just taking a picture of a check? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Any of those works, yeah. Yeah, checks, checks are... It, it's crazy that they still exist, that there's not a more secure thing. Tom, I watched Marvel Studios' uh, blockbuster film mm-hmm. uh, avengers endgame oh and what did you think c plus you had, you had been excuse me a c plus oh, it got in my movie book i don't i don't want to do the rest of the episode with you because i was gonna say you've watched a bunch of the other movies so i would i've watched think, them all baby except yeah. for um the first incredible hulk movie i I, that yeah, wasn't on you, Disney Plus, and I was like, I don't need to see this. You know what? I was just, I forget how it came back across my radar, but I forgot that, like, uh, Kevin Feige, like, put out a letter basically telling um, Ed Norton to fuck off when, oh, really? when that happened. That, like, he put out a letter before, I guess before they, yeah, well well before they started shooting the Avengers, but I guess, like, maybe they had announced the that, like, guess what? This is what we're building towards. We're going to do an Avengers movie. He like put out a letter saying, um, I'm, I'm going to see if I can find the exact wording, but, uh, it was basically like Ed- Edward Norton's an asshole. We're going to recast. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Do you think Mark Ruffalo and Ed Norton, um, were like, do you think they ever crossed paths? They seem like they might run in the same, Oh yeah, circles. the same like indie kind of circles. Yeah. Do you think they're cool with each other? Uh, do you think uh do you think do you think Mark Ruffalo gave Ed Norton a call when he was cast and was just like, um, "Hey, can I uh, do you mind if I do this?" Yeah. Like I know I, you weren't happy. I want a paycheck. 
Um, I could see him calling. I could also see Ed Norton being like, yeah, if you want to sell your soul, fine. Right. But basically, it was a letter where I couldn't find it, but uh, Kevin Feige said like something along the lines of, I want to be clear, this isn't about money. This is about uh, like creative cooperation and like people being team players and like respecting processes and stuff. Because there, because apparently he was like a nightmare on that Hulk movie. Like he rewrote. Apparently he does that with everything he's in. He like rewrites the scripts and changes oh, yeah. stuff. So it was actually like I thought it's. It came off as like a truthful letter of like, no, it's not Ed Norton's like asking for too much money. It's that he wants like creative control over this stuff, and that's just not the way we're making these things. According so, to hitfix.com, Edward Norton is happy that his yeah. close that his close friend Mark Ruffalo followed in his footsteps by playing there the you Hulk. Go. Yeah. I mean Edward Norton probably was also he probably had to sign some, you know, dumb contract that he was happy to get out of and Yeah. Anyway, Avengers Endgame, Tim, why a C plus? Because it's over three hours long, Tom. <laughs> Yeah, that that was one of the that's that's part of why it gets an A plus in my book. I don't know, Tom. Too long. I um, thought that was a rare movie where yes, it was. Excuse me, long. But it was having to tie up so much that it was excusable. But was it? Did yeah. it have to tie up that much? It had to tie up so it had to tie up Captain America's arc, Iron Man's arc. Yeah. Um do you know what? It's it's it might get upgraded to a B minus at some point. Um <laughs> as I further reflect on it. You know what really did it for me? And I know people hate when we talk or this one guy is always like, Oop, you do, Oh, it's a books podcast, you talked about a Marvel movie. <laughs> Look, I watch like how many? talk about Marvel Marvel movies and one of the guys doesn't even like them. <laughs> but he watched all fucking forty seven of them. <laughs> um you watch all these movies. You have some affinity for these characters, some of them. Yeah. Um, you have nice. some infinity for these characters. Stones. Oh, yeah, the infinity stones. I know. <laughs> um, I'll tell you this. As, as they're bringing people back, yeah. you know, like, uh, it'll be like, oh, these are the people that are left, and they're all, like, pretty cool, I guess. And it's like they undo the, uh, spoiler alert, they undo the snaps at some point, right? the snap. Yeah, and spoiler so be- alert, they didn't keep uh, Spider-Man and Black Panther, all these characters that they make a billion, literally a billion dollars every movie. They didn't uh, keep them dead. Yeah, um, and then uh, some of them are coming back. It's like, oh, that guy, yeah, that's fine. I guess like you know, Chris <laughs> Pratt fine. like dances into dances into the frame. It's like, all right, um, oh, great. Now we're going to do like 15 minutes with this guy. <laughs> Chris um, Pratt comes back. He's like, now I'm like Jesus. <laughs> um, Hawkeye is there and he's married to freaks and geeks. And uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was the case in other movies, too. Though. He's that married to freaks and geeks. But then uh, but he's then in love with Scarlett jo- Johansson. Um, they like 
did that in the first Avengers movie. I think that was just because Joss Whedon's a creep and he was just like, how could nobody love this big breasted woman on the team? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Anyway, um, Mm -hmm. solid flick. I didn't like, uh, and this is probably what you like about it, and to each his own, to each their own. Um, When everybody came back and then it was like a big dark like gray battle scene where like (laughs) um it's like you're telling me like there's this big spaceship that they're like shooting out of the sky and it falls down onto but like nobody we care about (laughs) or nobody good was like killed in (laughs) in that (laughs) yeah um like it it seems like hundreds of thousands of people died in that cgi (laughs) nightmare at the end and that went on for like seemingly like 45 minutes but they were the the people that died tim were like sorcerers and wakandan soldiers that we hadn't previously met yeah no and that's fine i get that i get that but like also like uh just that that whole like it seemed perfunctory to me and i was like all Mm -hmm. right there's like i get it like we a lot of the movie you're right it had to tie up a lot of arcs and a lot of it seemed like um, reluctantly, or not reluctantly, just like, oh, we got to go through the motions and like figure out something for this guy and figure out something for this person. Uh, and, uh, may, yeah, de- definitely for some of them, I think, where it was like, you know, yeah, what, what's going to be like the wasp's big uh, return? Yeah. And she was probably like, I can talk about how vaccines are evil. And they were like, eh. Mm, it's probably not. <laughs> and so did the... Uh, um, uh, Black Panther's right hand woman, Okoye. Yeah, yeah. man. Get oh enough, no, uh, no. Uh, you're you're thinking of uh, Shuri. She's uh, that's his sister. I don't know anybody's name in any of these movies. <laughs> you know, Tim. It shows. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, now, what about- my question to you? Oh, okay. go ahead. I was gonna say, what about like the big crowd pleasing moments, like when Captain America picks up. Uh, Mjolnir. Thor's hammer? Yes. Yeah. It has um, a name, Tim. Uh, I know that you literally teared up in the in the movie theater when you saw that. Tim, I didn't, I didn't tear up. I got rock hard. <laughs> <laughs> they told me to leave the theater. There were children at that screening, Tom. You, you didn't have to expose it as well. <laughs> well, Tim, if I, didn't, if I didn't do that, it was going to rip my pants in half. <laughs> And, um, and granted, I did bring unwanted attention upon myself when I yelled out, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> That's um, what's happening. That was cool. I liked, uh, I liked that. I liked uh, Avengers Assemble. Yeah, I right. That was cool. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I am inevitable. And then he says, yeah. "I am Iron." I didn't see how he got the Infinity Stones, but I assumed he got them in a, like a clever way. Uh, apparently, when you rewatch it, you can like hear them coming off. There's mm-hmm. like a Infinity Stone sound effect, and you can hear mm-hmm. them being okay. like pulled mm-hmm. out. That's fine. Yeah. I just wanted that part to be over. So it's just like, oh, cool, he's got him. Let's get to the part. Let's get to the epilogue here. Yeah. Um. And then here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. The egregious thing that I thought, um, uh, Captain America sadly passes. Um, no, throughout he the doesn't. memorials. Oh no 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 no! Uh, Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, Tony um, Stark. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought the the Captain America thing was nice. 
Um, a nice way to end the film with yeah. no uh, post-credit sequence, too. That was, uh, that was a nice right. way. Yeah, yeah. Just him in the 50s kissing a lady for the 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, oh, okay. They're at the memorial service, and they pan yeah. across everybody mourning uh, mm-hmm. him. And it's like everybody from like each movie standing yeah. together, clearly not on set at the same well, time. no. That's what's weird. Apparently, they were. What? But it so why would they stage like it like that? Yeah, I don't know stage why. Stage it like it was the death like... of Superman, where everybody's all mixed up together. Yeah, they. I I agree with you. Like they staged it in a way where it's like, oh yeah, of course they couldn't get all these people in together. Yeah, but they did because apparently that it was it was a thing where I guess like on the call sheet and everything, it was like the wedding scene. Uh, mm. to to not let on what was actually going on. Um, and, and there are stories from from people who were, I think, mostly from Gwyneth Paltrow, who was there, where she was like, "What's Samuel L. Jackson doing here?" And they're like, "He's in all these fucking movies." <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. She's never seen one minute of any of these movies. <laughs> no. So she She's met a bunch of people. Crystals for, in her vagina. <laughs> she met a bunch of people for the first time. Because <laughs> um, there and there is like behind the scenes footage where you can see like, oh yeah, no, they're all there milling uh, around and stuff. Yeah, the Marvel movies have a weird way of like making CGI things that you would assume were practical and then things that are practical, they shoot in a way where you think like, oh, yeah, of course, this had to be fake. It's like, no, that took eight weeks to set up that shot. (laughs) Yeah, that's another thing in movies these days, like. I watched the beginning of West Side Story and everything just uh, looked yeah. fake because you know that like it's all like green screened and stuff. And it's, uh, I don't yeah. know, Tom, they have all the I, extras for uh, Infinity War on Disney Plus. Did you know oh, this? Yeah. So like yeah. you see like deleted scenes. They shouldn't mm-hmm. show people those deleted scenes. It makes the movie look so stupid. <laughs> just like all of them like... Chris Pratt pretending to like high five Rocket Raccoon and stuff and just be like, "Hey, little <laughs> yeah, buddy." When, when they don't have the 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 yeah the visual effects in there, it all just or, looks like, "Boy, the, the, yeah, this looks stupid." All these people must have felt like idiots doing this. And also, like, it's like, oh, I could be it. Like, the hardest part of being in a Marvel movie is getting mm-hmm. all jacked, right? Because yeah. after that, like. Being in it, like, I mean, the words that you had to say are all stupid. <laughs> um, and, like, uh, everything looks, everything's super fake and you don't have to do it. You know, it's, it just seems so easy to be in those movies. I guess that's why all these Hollywood legends are like, yeah, I'll take $8 million to show up for a couple of days and do this shit. Yeah, they'll show up for a couple of days and then as a result, I'll be in five movies. <laughs> Hey, and here's the other thing, Tom, and I know we're going to talk about this book, The 90s, um, ended uh, with a whimper, Tom, the, the, yeah, the, the book. Which, which, um, is why, which is why I think neither of us are too yeah. concerned with eating up time with this. Robert Redford is in this yeah. movie. It was mm-hmm. after he had retired from movies. Yes. Um, he did his big swan song. What was it? Like, uh, The Old Man something, right? Yeah, The Old Man Retires. Yeah, and he comes back for this, and it's like, 
Robert Redford, you shouldn't have come back for this. You look like shit in this movie. <laughs> you look like you're about to drop dead. Yeah. You couldn't have told them, like, hey, use that de-aging stuff to at least not yeah. make me look like I'm on death's door. You look like a fucking walking corpse, and I love Robert Redford. Right. But he is very old. Yeah. Um. Yeah, It. it's weird. Like, I just watched a thing recently about how... Um, how often Marvel nowadays just like the suits are completely CGI mm-hmm. and how when they cast uh, Tom Holland, they were already like halfway through Civil War. So it's like, oh, these suits take like 10 weeks to make. So we're just going to put you in a you know, mocap suit and we'll do it later. So it's like nothing in that is real. But then. The, like the last Spider-Man movie, they shot the whole thing and then they were like, ah, he should have a different suit at the end, like a little bit different so we can make different toys. <laughs> so they just redid the whole thing. You know, they didn't need him. They just CGI'd the whole thing. Um, so, yeah, to your point, it is wild that it's like we're going to get you in the best shape of your life. It's like, just do that shit later. If you're going to make yeah. Michael Douglas look like 40 years younger. Now, why does Chris Pratt have to take all these steroids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they make uh they make the muscle men look like weaklings sometimes, right? They made yeah uh, they did that with Captain America, and they and, did and it with, with Tony uh, Stark with this yeah yeah where they made him look like emaciated because he was like starving to Dying death on a space, spaceship yeah. yeah, which yeah, I thought was cool. A plus. That- I give this movie an A plus. <laughs> I did think that was cool that they were like, yeah, we we can do this stuff. If we're going to say like this guy was just going to die on a spaceship. Yeah, let's make him really look like shit. Wouldn't it be cool if if, if, if that's how Tony Stark died? Just on the spaceship? I don't, I don't think that would And when Captain Marvel cool. got there, been... it's too late. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you understand how like a satisfying story works. <laughs> Now I want this to be true to life, Tom. That's what I watch. I watch Marvel movies to see. Uh, I'm sorry, I got ice in my mouth. Yeah. Um, for realism. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's why a lot of these DC movies lately piss me off so much because, and I think I sent to you Grant Morrison. Uh, had, like had a thing recently his newsletter where he's like if you're gonna do a superman movie why the hell are you gonna give him like real problems like that's not what i want to see in a superman movie give him superman problems like yeah. how how fucking boring to to give people realistic problems and realistic issues that they have to deal with in their minds i agree hey grant morrison a real scumbag who was intent on showing me Lois Lane's butt at every turn. All right. Let's talk about the book we we both finished. Yeah. Chuck Klosterman's The 90s. Yeah. Um, Last three chapters. Yeah. Is is the chapter 10? Yeah. Is the the first chapter we're we're dealing with this week? Yeah. A two dimensional dimensional fourth dimension. I thought we were going to say it together adorably. Um, no. <laughs> so this, this one, this chapter has it all. Yeah. Um, the Oklahoma City bombing. <laughs> right. uh, the OJ uh, trial. Nineties greatest hits. Keanu Reeves. Uh, Mel Gibson. Tom, explain what this chapter was about. 
You know, I don't really know. This seems like maybe the chapter that he like submitted to like uh, as his like sample chapter for like what this book would be of like, look, I'm going to tie everything together. I'm going to tie the Matrix to the Oklahoma City bombings and to uh, 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 O.J. Simpson. The way that he ties the Matrix to everything is with his dubious claim that like the Matrix was actually about TV. Yeah, and it's like, it, did you not watch the movie? It was about <laughs> fucking computers, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, I well, didn't... it's about how like um, TV and the media kind of like um, synthesized people's understanding of culture uh, of of reality, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. He's not completely wrong about it being about TV, but it was like, this was... I like that he's like, they've outright said it was an allegory about trans people's <laughs> journey. <laughs> but he's I like, don't believe But it that. wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in fairness to him, I believe uh, both the Warchowskis said that they didn't realize that at the time. Right. But then once they both transitioned, that they they were like, "Oh, this is what we were grappling with." Have and you that's ever read Emily Vanderwerf's uh, writing about that? No, it's good. I think yeah. uh, she did it for like Vox or something. There's a oh, okay. As a guy that didn't watch any of the Matrix movies <laughs> until three weeks ago, um, I'm really up to date on movies. Tom, maybe a month ago. A couple months ago, I watched The Matrix. Good movie. Oh, did you watch Tom? Did you watch the latest one? No, I watched the first one. Yeah, I mean the latest one. There are parts of it I really liked, but it it, it didn't work. I think as like a whole as a movie. Well, uh, Iron Man or Spider Man wasn't it weren't in it. So <laughs> exactly that was that was my first issue, my biggest issue. Um, yeah, so that's like a weird, and he just kind of like talks about how Keanu Reeves went from being like, you know, uh, Ted from Bill and Ted to, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if he's necessarily a respected actor, but a beloved I think actor. He's definitely a respected person. Name. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's but like, I think- uh, he, he's taken over. I think he's like a thoughtful McConaughey now. Right. Yes. Yeah. Where people are but, like, oh, Matthew McConaughey, love that guy. He's so much fun. But now everybody's like, Keanu Reeves will say something about grief on a talk show that we <laughs> right. all need to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I just thought that was kind of like, I don't know, just not that interesting because it's like, yeah, maybe it's interesting if if you're younger and you didn't experience the way Keanu Reeves was viewed in the 90s, but. Um, but I mean, it always seemed like bullshit in the nineties. Cause like the media portrayed him as like vapid and dumb. And it was like, okay, everybody I watch on movies is vapid. And dumb. <laughs> like, uh, are I don't... you talking about the bassist from dog star? <laughs> I, that, that, yeah, he, po- he points that out. That was, but again, I think it was like, you know, now people get Keanu more and it's like, 
Yeah, he knew people weren't going to just be like, oh, he's just the basis in Dog Star. Like, that's not why I'm here to yeah. see it. But it, but it's like, but he wanted to do that. He wanted to play bass in a band and he did it. And that's cool. You know, he didn't let he didn't let the fact that, of course, everybody that showed up to his concerts would just be there because he's famous. Uh, stop him from doing that. But he also didn't pull like a Jared Leto and be like, oh, and I'm going to use this to make like my band really big, even though we don't make music that anyone actually likes. I mean, some people like it, Tom. Those people, no, Billy Bob just, Thornton going just, on that radio show and being like, would you yeah. ask Tom Petty that question? Yeah, and it's like, well, no, because Tom Petty would be on the show because he's a famous musician. You're on the show because you're a famous actor, you idiot. <laughs> you freaking goon. But your favorite band is Gary Sinise's Lieutenant Dan band, right, Tom? Oh, I, I don't think I was even aware of that band, but they are yeah. now. Tim, when I was in uh, uh, St. Pete's Beach, uh, right next door to the Hooters in like the touristy part of town was a Bubba Gump shrimp. Uh, Ooh, did I've you never, no, I've never eaten in a Bubba Gump shrimp, but I was blown. This Bubba Gump shrimp was like the biggest restaurant I've ever seen in my life. It was huge. I couldn't get over it. And you know, it was filled like, uh, you know, it seemed like, uh, every, every table was, uh, full of people. Tom, I when I go I on my, uh, my two-month sabbatical, mm-hmm. one of those Saturdays, do you want to hit up the Bubba Gump in Times Square with me? I would love to because I still don't really understand how tied to, like, it seems like a weird licensing deal, right? It seems like the author of Forrest Gump must have, like, sold the idea for... Bubba oh, Gump like shrimp. independent of the movie? Yeah, because it doesn't seem like it's able to like really reference. You know, I don't think you go in there and there's pictures of uh, Bubba and Forrest all over. Right. Yeah, you would think it would be like Tom Hanks is on the freaking sign. Right, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. It seems like some weird licensing deal of like you can do anything you want, you can't reference Tom. Uh, guess the what? Movie. In 1995, entrepreneur. Anthony Zolezzi, uh-huh. you know, a guy's a real uh, slimy dude when he has three Z's in his last name. <laughs> uh-huh. He bought the rights to the name Bubba Gump Shrimp Company from Paramount Pictures. There you go. In an attempt to turn around a financially troubled seafood company. It was existing already, Tom. There and they it is. just rebranded it. Yeah. I like I see Bubba Gump as like like would you like to go to a slightly upscale red lobster? And that's Bubba Gump. Really? Yeah. I feel like you, it would be downscale red lobster. I think I think you would you know, maybe referring to it as upscale or downscale is wrong. I think what it should be is would you like to go to a more expensive version of red lobster? Right. Without that, the cheddar yeah, prob- biscuits. Do they have the cheddar probably, biscuits, do you think? That probably isn't as good because, you know, Red Lobster lives and dies by just its food being, like, affordable and good for what you're paying for it. Where Bubba Gump, they've got that uh, 
mark that uh license behind it so they they don't have to worry about the whether the food i've never heard i've heard lots of people including myself rave about uh how delicious things at red lobster are i've never heard anybody rave about like you gotta go to bubba gump and try the shrimp cocktail it's Tom, out of this when world. you when you look up the locations of bubble gump uh-huh. on uh on their website it's a map of the the united states and uh each location is represented by a ping pong paddle oh okay so i guess they they got a some things they can reference. Again, I'm sure they do not have rights to the likeness of the actor who played Bubba or Forrest Gump, but. Yeah, that's all right. Anyway, Tom, we're not here to talk about this. We're here to talk about the Clarence the Thomas City. hearings. <laughs> the Oklahoma City bombing, Waco, and the Clarence Thomas hearings. Clarence Thomas in the news, Tom. Yeah, he's back is in he, the news. Is he dying? Is he dying? A nation holds its breath. Yeah. Did his wife... Uh, look, you see this thing that came out earlier tonight, Tom? No. That his stupid wife was texting the uh, the chief of staff of Trump uh, mm-hmm. with all these QAnon theory, uh, conspiracies mm-hmm. about... Uh, I know we're, we don't talk about yeah. this stuff. <laughs> but basically, like she's like, oh, overturn the election and all this stuff. And meanwhile, her husband was sitting on the fucking Supreme Court, like, <laughs> uh, like th- hearing cases about, uh, th- you know, throwing out. Um, yeah, look. yeah, but Tim, he he's one of what hundreds of judge- judges on that sit on the yeah, Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah, he can't make a, a decision. <laughs> um, hey, we wish him a speedy recovery. <laughs> um, yeah, he talked. I mean, I do think some of some of this stuff is interesting. Is this a chapter where he gets into Clinton too, uh, or, yeah. or is that the next chapter? Um, oh no, no, I, that's the next chapter. The next yeah. chapter is all about Clinton. But uh, but it is interesting. You know, he talks about Clarence Thomas, and uh, you know the the when Clarence Thomas was uh, put on the Supreme Court. The hearings uh, where, you know, we we all heard about the sexual harassment that happened uh, in his uh, prior job. And, yeah, it's just all stuff that nowadays it's like, yeah, no, this isn't like him being funny at the office. This is him uh, creating problems uh, for one of his employees. Uh, the most memorable of her allegations was that Thomas once looked at a can of Coca-Cola on his desk and, and asked, who has put pubic hair on my Coke? See, when I was uh, a kid, <laughs> I remember that being, I always thought it meant, I thought the story was he put his pubic hair on then, her can of Coke. And yeah, I, was like, I think this I was that egregious. Too. Yeah, that must thought, have been in like an SNL sketch or something, or like a Weekend yeah. Update joke that we saw. Um, yeah. Um, okay. He, oh, oh I was gonna say then. Then you talked about OJ. I mean, we talked about OJ a lot a few yeah, months we don't ago. Need to so, talk more about OJ. but I did. I did like that he referred to Cato Kalen, friend of the show, Cato Kalen. 
as uh, a handsome bozo. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, calling anybody a bozo, it's a straight shot to your heart. (laughs) Calling somebody a handsome bozo. I mean, if there's ever anybody that's lived up to the idea of being a handsome bozo, it's Kato Kalen. Well done, Kato. I had to name my son Kato because of you. <laughs> uh, and and he also talks about uh, you know if, if the if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. The fate of a man accused of two homicides was salvaged by a catchphrase: "The world had become RoboCop." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and then it goes on to columbine and then fox news it's uh it's it's the greatest hits of yeah um, and a and a lot of this stuff i felt like it was kind of like you know a lot of the stuff about columbine it was like debunking the idea of like the trench coat mafia and it's like i don't know anyone i think that had any interest in those stories has known you know all the stuff the media got wrong have Uh, you ever read the book columbine by dave cullen no, I, I I meant to. I remember like people reading that when it came out and it's a and good book. To read it. And yeah. it's our mutual friend Christine's favorite book of all time, Tom. Wow. Not the Bible. Not the Bible. Hmm. Interesting. Um, he sums up this chapter. The esoteric philosophy of the Matrix made sense to people not because audiences were starting to understand the newness of the internet. It made sense to people because it was an exaggerated depiction of a televised hyper-reality that had been building upon itself for the previous 50 years. Yeah, I mean, again, I think just so much has been written about The Matrix that it's like he had to come up with a different angle. Yeah. Also, uh, I do think this is the first I've read about, like, I guess Mm -hmm. I've seen it in various pop culture things and the OJ Made in America documentary, but, like, actually breaking down the Bronco chase and being like yeah. that was, he was driving like 40 miles an hour. <laughs> right. And we were all riveted. And like, what did we think was going to happen? A guy was going to blow his brains out. Yeah. I mean, I think that is what we thought was going to happen. A van explodes and a building collapses. A man and a woman disagree about events that happened to them. Both a killer in a white vehicle drives to nowhere as a form of entertainment, teenagers murder teenagers and no one knows why. What is real? How do you define real? There was a spoon and there was no spoon. And the only difference was how much you cared. Wow. Spoken like a true Gen Xer. Yeah. Um, the next, he does a mini chapter about Alan Greenspan. Alan Greenspan sucks. Yeah, I thought that chapter was... Uh, interesting. I mean, he was instrumental to like the nineties, yeah. yeah and what, but like, not in a way that I care about knowing about. Yeah, I that was a chapter where I felt like this is interesting. But if I wanted, uh, there, there, I'm sure there are dozens of books about how Alan Greenspan, you know, influenced the nineties uh, that I could read. Yeah, whenever I see his shitty wife, Andrea Mitchell, on, like, mm-hmm. NBC News, I'm just like, she shouldn't be allowed to be on TV. Like, she she yeah. shouldn't be allowed to be reporting on this shit. Same way fucking Ginny Thomas shouldn't be able to fucking text the White House about conspiracy theories about overturning an election. Oh, these people. These power <laughs> couples, Tom. Yeah. 
I don't know what to say, Tim. Yeah, I'm also against power couples. <laughs> I am. You know, power. You know what power couples are? It's a way to circumvent the laws. I mean, in the in these cases, it certainly is. Mm-hmm. Um, I just watched that uh, documentary, uh, Bad Vegan, on Netflix. You watch all the Netflix stuff, huh? Yeah, I do, and and often I don't like them. Often I just get <laughs> mad. Well, often uh, I, my number one complaint is so many of these things could be an hour or 90 minutes long and you could get the whole story out. No problem. So stop then, watching them. But then they're like, no, nah, actually we'll make it uh eight 45 minute long episodes. But, um, uh, a lot of that. And actually what was the other thing I watched recently? Maybe it was the Tinder swindler, but about how, uh, crazy, not crazy. It makes sense. But, you know, certain people take advantage of the fact that like once you're married, basically in the eyes of the law, you're the same person. Right. And that, that bad vegan, it was basically, she needed money. And the guy was like, well, I can give you like $200,000, but you know, you're going to have to pay a bunch of that in taxes. But if we're married, then, then you wouldn't. Then I'll, I can just give it to you, and then it's no problem. Um, and that that didn't end well. That whole uh, I, I did, we're not talking about these freaking. Yeah, Netflix. I did like Bad Vegan just because uh, it was one of those like good because I've watched other things like this with like con artists, and like you feel real bad about you know, uh, the victims, but in this case, it's like the victim here sucks. She's also, she just, it sucks that this happened to her, but she's like using that as an excuse for why she victimized more vulnerable people. Okay. All right. (laughs) Tom, uh, I've never seen it. I never will. Um, I feel chapter 11 bankruptcy. (laughs) I feel the pain of everyone, then I feel nothing. Tom, mm-hmm. where does this quote from? the pain of everyone. Nah. Do, 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 do. I forget the the artist. Is it Portishead? Dinosaur uh, Jr., my friend. Oh, okay. Still going strong. Jay Mascus. Yeah. Um, this is about dinosaur uh, senior. Unfortunately, no longer with us. No, he passed. <laughs> um, Polly Shore starts out. <laughs> this I thought was kind of dumb because it was like, you know, people might not understand that that somebody like Polly Shore could become a big celebrity. It's like, buddy, have you seen anything lately? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. There are people a hundred times dumber and less talented than Polly Shore. Like Polly Shore, the thing that's crazy looking back is like, man, he did not make nearly as much money as he should have. Also, like uh, reading this, I was like uh, thinking about all the the pop culture touchstones that have mm-hmm. just been omitted from this book yeah. entirely. And just like, you're going to spend three pages on Polly Shore? He wasn't <laughs> that big, my dude. 
Well, yeah, and it was also like, you know, like it's you crazy. didn't mention Beavis and Butthead at all? <laughs> like, but yeah, Polly Shore? That boy, I didn't even think about that. There's literally not one mention of Beavis and Butthead in this. But yeah, Polly Shore, where it's like, you know, it's crazy. You know, people people who didn't weren't around wouldn't understand how they made these movies around this, you know, like dumb character. But it's also like, but things were different back then. And you could make a $10 million, a $5 million movie. You know, big studios would make a $5 million comedy and put it out. And it didn't have to make much money back. That was the the difference back then. And he was, you know, he was uh, the daughter of Mitzi Shore. He was, you know, well-connected within that scene within the world of comedy and that's and like he was i don't know he wasn't great but he was like funny enough uh at the time his weasel persona was great (laughs) um tom i just want to correct you there Uh um there is a mention of uh beavis and butthead in the section about like cop killer and in that stuff he mentions an episode of MTV's Beavis and Butthead was accused of prompting a five-year-old boy to set a fire that killed his sister. Yeah, I was going to say episode. that, that only... uh, you know what? Uh, I, I, that was the one thing I was thinking of because I remember there just being like a moral panic about that. Yeah. Because Beavis was obsessed with fire and that's why this But kid... that was funny. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was a thing of just like, yeah, you know, the media is trying to blame this cartoon that's not meant for little kids for this five-year-old burning down his house when, and, you know, unfortunately, very sadly, killing his sister when the question wasn't, wait, why was a five-year-old left at home alone with with the baby? Like... Okay, um, mm-hmm. the rest of this chapter after Polly Shore yeah. um, is about Bill Clinton and then the movie American Beauty, um, yeah. very briefly at the end. Um, the Clinton stuff, I don't know. I guess he was president from 1993 to 2000, kind of defined <laughs> the 90s, um, right. at least in terms of American politics. Um, but all this just seemed like, okay, I get it. I, I forgot that Mike Lewinsky was uh, that it was because of like a uh, uh, government shutdown. Why she had the access she did. Oh, yeah. But I mean, if it wasn't her, it would have been somebody else. Oh, yeah. Uh, but but it, it was just... like she was specifically there tempting the commander. No, in chief. But, but I remember I, I remember in the past thinking like. You know, more than anything, like, it's weird that the president had alone time with an intern. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, because when you think about, no matter who's the president, you think about, like, boy, that's the most exclusive person in the world to, like, get one-on-one time with. But this intern did, and why didn't that raise more eyebrows? But, you know, that's the answer. That's like, oh, no, eh, there was a government shutdown, so everybody who was being paid didn't come to work. But people who are unpaid like interns suddenly had to take on a lot more responsibility, like blowing the president. Tom, <laughs> let's not be, let's not be crass here. <laughs> I did think it was interesting that he talked about like how the culture has like shifted tremendously the other way. 
uh, where it was like she was, you know, uh, it was disgusting what happened to her in the 90s because it was basically like, you know, oh, look at this fat whore that that attempted the president. It's like, what? That relax that it is not her it's him he's the one who's the most powerful person in the world right um and yeah don't be judging the this person especially like judging her appearance and and all of that um but he talked about how like uh nowadays like you know some people talk about her like she was a intoxicated underage woman underage girl when it's like eh, no she she was you know still legally an adult she was right. you know of sound mind and body like she's not uh you know a, a complete victim in this situation but again you know it's a crazy situation it's a very nuanced thing that i think like you know America never had to like grapple with the idea of a uh, president having uh, inappropriate relations with an intern. I mean, with an intern, <laughs> but like, <laughs> well, but but it, in public, you know, yeah. That I remember at the time, even you know, hearing people talk about like, oh, well, JFK, everybody, everybody knew about his mistresses, but you know there was a gentleman's agreement with the press where they would never talk about it. There was one with George H.W. Bush as well. Yeah, and George W. Bush. Really? Well, with that that weird guy who, the the male sex worker who had like security oh, yeah. clearance, who had like a press badge, and like mm-hmm. he had like a flirty relationship with whenever that guy would ask questions. It was like, wait a minute, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> But, oh, yeah, but George H.W. Bush had, you know, like a mistress that everybody knew about, including Barbara. But, you know, nobody talked about it. What a world. Yeah. Anyway, um, anything notable? Uh, The American beauty thing is wild. Um, How poorly... That, that film has aged and it not aged just like because milk. of not even just because of Kevin Spacey being a <laughs> right. goddamn Oh creep. yeah, I mean that just that just like uh yeah, I I'm trying to think of like an analogy. That that took like something that was already poorly aging and put it in a time machine and sent it <laughs> a thousand years into the future. <laughs> uh but yeah, the idea of like oh, there's a movie about like a a middle-aged white guy who's like upset because it, what he'd really like is to have sex with his daughter's friend, <laughs> but society won't let him. Yeah. He's got, yeah. I mean that house, um, what is his job? He's in like marketing or something or advertising. Yeah. It's, uh, he mentions it. in it's, here. Yeah, it is mentioned. Cause I, cause I remember reading it when I read it, I forgot that, uh, that that was what his job uh, was. Uh, he holds a high paying magazine job. He doesn't enjoy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he should have stuck around a few more years. He would have enjoyed it even less when it went away. <laughs> um, I enjoyed that movie when I saw it in 1999. I thought it was yeah. funny that he was masturbating in the shower. Um, <laughs> but I also, um, the main thing I remember from that movie is that like 
a bunch of us went and saw it, Tom. You were there. Yeah. But sitting to my right was friend of the show, Paul McKenna, <laughs> eating a, a large popcorn, single kernel by single kernel the entire time. <laughs> and it took him the entire length of the movie to finish it. And it was just constant. One at a time, like for the entire, like, I don't know, 117 minutes that movie was or whatever. Man, you would you would think he would have uh, gotten tired. Well, he was a it's a workhorse. <laughs> but yeah, a very very poorly aged movie that that got like so much critical acclaim back then, which yeah, just won Best Picture Oscar. Yeah, which which even even if you take away all the problematic problematic parts of it it still just doesn't make sense why that was just like i don't know because it had like slow motion shots and stuff in it i i don't really get why again Um, i remember seeing it in a theater and there being like comedic parts in it and thinking those were funny and thinking like masturbated in the shower is funny we all (laughs) laughed and just thinking like i haven't like seen a movie like this but uh but yeah, it doesn't mean it was good. Tim, um, uh, cha- chapter 12. Are you ready to move on to chapter 12? Sure, yeah. The, the end, end of the decade. of the decade. The end of decades. Which he doesn't get into really. In yeah. Here. It's theory that like decades don't mean anything anymore because it all blends together. But that's mm. just him getting old. Yes. Like that that's what that's what I feel too and that's what all people like people would be like 80s 90s it was all the same to me. It's like yeah it's right. cuz you were like middle aged and like Yeah, you you had other shit to worry about. Yeah. You weren't concerned with pop culture anymore. Yeah. And again, which is why I think when he's talking about like how ridiculous Polly Shore is, it's like, "Buddy, have you seen the Island Boys?" <laughs> on TikTok. <laughs> You uh, haven't, have you? I don't know what you're talking about. I can, I can tell by that reaction you haven't seen them. But people listening, they've seen the Island Boys, and they know, like, Polly Shore's nothing based <laughs> on how ridiculous and talentless uh, people, famous people can be nowadays. Um, um, and I actually, so I sent you a, a, a fun video the other day. Maybe we should put it in the notes here. Of um, a remix of uh, 600 songs from the 90s over 30 minutes and like music videos. But like I that same channel I watched, uh, I think today they put out like a, a four minute mix of like songs from 2003. And like watching that, it was like, oh, yeah, 2003 was like a time like that was very different than now. Okay. So, so the idea that like, oh, the aughts are the same as the teens in, you know, is insane. That that's a hundred percent not true. And and that's not the way, you know, cultural culture will remember it at all. But Chuck Klosterman again, because he's, you know, 50 years old. Yeah, he doesn't think it's as important because he wasn't paying attention as much. Yeah, uh, and cer- also like uh, certainly, it's not, or at least certainly not as much as he was in the '90s and '80s. Yeah, and I think part of getting older mm-hmm. is realizing like how much shit like you don't like you find your lane and you feel what you you feel like 
you know what you care about so you don't right. have to pay attention to everything and know about everything yeah well so along those lines uh the next chapter he starts off talking about uh evander holyfield mike tyson uh and you know mike tyson biting evander holyfield's ear off first off he talks about, he says that he bit his earlobe off, but he didn't. He bit the top of his ear off. Right. We should get this I, book confiscated and burned. <laughs> well, I just thought that was like a weird mistake to yeah. me. Maybe he doesn't but, know what an earlobe is. But uh, but then he also says, it's both sad and unsurprising that Holyfield, a champion in multiple weight classes who spent his entire career overcoming adversity, is mainly remembered as the guy Tyson bit. Sure, for people like Chuck Klosterman, but that is for people that actually follow boxing. That is right. not the way Evander Holyfield is. He is was the real about. deal. He was the real deal, Evander Holyfield. No, I mean he he was a fantastic boxer. I remember when I was younger and watching boxing a lot. I loved Evander Holyfield. He was a very uh, good boxer to you watch. Boxing a lot when you were yeah, I watched boxing a lot when I was younger. And Evander all the Holyfield, punching, you liked it? Yeah, I liked all the punching. And I like to imagine it was me punching uh, bad guys. But yeah, again, it, there, there are just so many parts in this book where like he's just showing his blind spots. And again, it's like, yeah, Chuck Klosterman, you know, 50-year-old uh, pop culture writer. Yeah, that's how you think of Evander Holyfield, but... But again, even at the time, like in the '90s, Evander Holyfield was, you know, he was a, he was the world champion. He was a, uh, even outside boxing, people knew of him. Yeah, you know. I knew of him before yeah. the. Uh, you're wearing Spider-Man gloves, Tom, and I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't concentrate whenever I, I see your hands. <laughs> Why are you I'm wearing Spider-Man gloves? Because they're in front of me, Tim, and I like to fidget with things, including th these uh, Spider-Man gloves fine. that I have. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, again, it's like you're talking about boxing and you don't really know anything about boxing, which is fine. This isn't a book about boxing, but you're making declarative statements that, that I you know, have yeah. have issue with, especially the fact that you're you're getting the part of the ear he bit wrong, right? Um, um, but then the most of the rest of this is about um, uh, Gore v. Bush, which was just like depressing to read. Yeah, um, and Y two K. There was a thing about the Y two K bug, which like he does make a good point about Y two K. Mm -hmm. We're just like, oh yeah. Nobody really under mm -hmm. like. I do totally buy into people are like, oh, that was nothing, and it was like, yeah, it was nothing because like there was a massive global effort to make sure yeah. it was nothing, but also like it was never really explained why, you know, like everything why which, everything didn't fall apart or why things would fall apart like why would planes fall out of the sky right yeah. um why would like computers not turn on because they thought it was 1900 is there something yeah. in a computer's brain that's like well computers well, haven't been invited yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly um so like there's that but like i do think like There'd be some fucked up shit that would have happened that we prevented, whatever. But then there was the... Yeah, the, basically the Y2K, what the big fear realistically should have been 
was like databases are going to be fucked and like adding new information to databases in particular is going to be fucked. Like it's, you know, right. it's not going to work right. But yeah, hundred percent the idea that, oh, and as a result, planes are going to fall out of the sky and like the power grid's going to shut down. Yeah, that, that stuff. I think to anyone that understood what the problem was back then, we're like, eh, yeah, maybe just because we, we've never encountered this before. So <laughs> we should fear the worst, but yeah, you know, but also maybe Best Buy shouldn't be putting stickers on every computer that they sell, telling customers to make sure their computers off before midnight <laughs> Because right. who knows what might happen. That's weird that people were just uh, not online. Um, no. Midnight. I was at the beach, Tom. I was there with you. Um, then it goes into the Bush and Gore. Yeah. Election, I did think it was which interesting. Was in, that, that, whole, that whole campaign was in 2000. And I understand his... Yeah, yeah. His, his theory that like uh, it the started... The 90s didn't end until 20, yeah. 2001 with September 11th. Right. But I, I do think there is something to his like... Every the media warned everybody to be afraid of Y2K and then nothing happened. So then when the media was like, ah, this presidential election is really important. People were like, eh, because I do remember in school, like teachers talking about, you know, when we would have to learn about presidents and politics and stuff and how, how the government works. It was like, yeah, nobody's interested in this. One of the biggest problems we have in this country is that people aren't engaged in politics. Yeah. And, you know, be careful what you wish for because <laughs> uh, it, it went way the other way. But, um, but at the same time, I do remember, you know, we were teenagers then, but I do remember when that election happened, it was like, I don't think everybody was completely naive like he's saying. I think there were a lot of people, you know, like I said, we we were teenagers and it was like, uh, that one guy's dad started a war for no reason. <laughs> I'm a little nervous that this guy might start a war for no reason. Hence, I wouldn't like him to be the president. Right. He really, uh, he really comes out swinging being like, without Ralph Nader, um, yeah. unequivocally, Gore would have won. Yeah, but then he was also just like, if Gore had won his own fucking home state, he would yeah. none of this would have been an issue. Well, yeah, I I think he actually does a pretty good job of like, this is Ralph Nader's fault, but it's more Al Gore's fault. Yeah. Like Al Gore should have walked away with this, and he didn't. And yeah, there's no reason. I mean, you know, and and that that's the thing with all you know, modern, especially in America, presidential elections, when things don't go the way some people want and they're very quickly to blame scapegoats, when it's like, look, an election, you know, it's whoever gets the most votes wins. <laughs> and ultimately, if the person you wanted didn't get the most votes, regardless of the reason, regardless of who else was running or whatever, that's on that person. They they didn't get enough votes. They didn't do a good enough job 
uh, selling enough people on voting for them. And it sucks a lot of times and it's unfortunate, but. uh, I will say this, though. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't I mean, he goes a little into like um, Gore won that election like he got more votes in Florida and the Supreme. Mm -hmm. Hey, Clarence Thomas again. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like. At first, I was like, "Is he not even going to mention this?" And then he mentions Bush yeah. v. Gore. The, but whatever. It's it's a sore subject. Um, yeah. Uh, a dark time, um, and then times get darker and even darker. But the book doesn't cover that other stuff. <laughs> well, I did think it was. I uh, I'm trying to see if I had this highlighted somewhere. But I feel like there there was one part where he was like, like, who knows if things would have been different if Gore were president? And that's you could argue that that might have been the case with September 11th. But if Gore were president, I don't think we would have gone to war with Iraq. Like, oh, that yeah, was definitely not. Yeah, very directly. <laughs> a these guys uh, tried to kill my dad, so I'm gonna start a war there. I've kind of got carte blanche to start wars right now, so yeah. why not? Uh, I did think it was funny they mentioned uh, it's mentioned uh, uh, Radiohead's Tom York on SNL holding up a sign that said "Let Ralph Debate." I remember that. Yet, who then made an album about George W. Bush? Mm, I mean, makes wanting- you think. Makes you think, who did Tom York really want to win that election? Oh, that's true. They were, he knew he'd cash in a couple of years later. I didn't fame. know that, uh, like, Ralph Nader, I guess, is, like, asexual. Oh, I it didn't sounds know like. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they didn't use that term, but they said, like, you know, he's he's never had, like, a, any kind of yeah. romantic partner. And it sounds like somebody yeah, at some tracks. point try, tried to, like, set him up, you know, tried to, like, Set up yeah, a honeypot with with sex workers to like lure him into some illicit, and but they said it it was at a supermarket, and it's like, look, you can't send <laughs> a sex worker into a supermarket to be like, yeah, convince this guy to come back home with you and and have sex with them, uh, and then we'll take some you know uh, unflattering photos. It's like, no, you gotta get this guy like drunk at a hotel bar or something. Well, um, there's that, and then uh, 9-11 happens, and the book ends. Yeah. Um, if you want to hear more about Chuck Klosterman's theories about 9-11, um, check out his book, Killing Yourself to Live, um, mm. where he claims that Radiohead's Kid A predicted 9-11. <laughs> it was, like, I think probably, like, his second or third, but it was probably, I think, his third book. Uh-huh. There's a second book of his that I read, and I was like, oh, I think this guy might be a little embarrassing. <laughs> this seems like something that like, I would have discussed with my friends uh, smoking pot in, in college, Yeah, and he published it in a book. <laughs> I remember having that feeling in college. Uh, there was a, this uh, film professor that I took a bunch of classes with. And like, you know, he would dissect these films sometimes where it was like, it's really about this. And yeah, in retrospective, it's like, no, it wasn't. (laughs) You're just, you know, these are just stoner ideas. And like, yeah, they're fun to think about and fun to talk about. But like, 
you know, you're giving some people like way too much credit. And, and, and in this case, it sounds like, no, Tom York didn't didn't have inside knowledge about 9-11 or, <laughs> or wasn't in some way psychic. Like he was talking about anxieties at the time and everything. Sure. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Tom, what do you think of uh, Chuck Loserman's The 90s? Uneven, I would say. Yeah. Some some parts I liked and were I th- I think for for the purpose of this podcast a fantastic book because it, it gave us a lot of things to talk about it, like it's a fun book to debate and I I think uh, Chuck Lostman would probably love that uh, that review of like <laughs> this is a fun book to debate because he seems like the kind of guy that likes to debate ideas about the nineties or and pop culture. Um, <laughs> But as a as a as a book, parts of it were a slog. Parts parts of it were like regurgitating things, you know, ideas we've already heard to death. Yeah. Uh, and then other parts that were trying to uh, not regurgitate ideas, try and come up with new ideas, were like ridiculous stretches. Yeah, there were a number of stretches. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I feel bad a little bit uh, criticizing, like, we didn't talk about this. He didn't talk about that. But, you know what, buddy? If you're going to name your book the 90s, if you're going to be, like, uh, that declarative about it, then you're, yeah. you're inviting criticism. But also, like, how do you do that without making, you know, a 1,600-page book, right? And being yeah, comprehensive. But then, but then you just don't call the book the I 90s. know, but everything, you know. It's ironic. Hey, He's a hey, Gen Xer. Sex sells. Am I right? Sex sells. And what's yeah. sexier than a decade? The 90s. Yeah. The 90s. I will say, I think the 90s were a pretty sexy decade. Um. Hey, you got Elizabeth Hurley and be dazzled. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're the decade where I learned about the idea of, uh, I think, the, I was going to say the idea of jerking off, but I was going to say maybe sex in general. Yeah. You saw that picture of uh, that scene, uh, American Beauty, where Kevin Spacey is jerking off in the shower. Yeah, and I was like, "What? wait, what's he doing? Wait, <laughs> and then he he's... says, this is me masturbating in the shower. <laughs> yeah, because before that, I was like, boy, his wiener must be real dirty because he's, yeah, he's, he's giving it a good way. scrubbing there. So I was, I, I was glad, you know, that is a part of the, uh, that movie, that age as well. I was glad that, uh, he was explicit and explaining what was happening. All right. What, what movie are we watching? Are we watching singles or are we watching reality bites? Um, I think people were saying like singles isn't bad, but reality bites is like awful now. So I think we should watch reality bites. <laughs> okay. It's Ben Stiller and Ethan yeah. Hawke, right? Yeah. But I think Reality Bites was the first one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, am I right in that? And so it was like that one's like kind of corny, and then I I guess it got better with uh, singles. Winona Ryder, Steve Zahn is in it. Oh man, Janine Garofalo, Swoozy Kurtz. That's I'm watching um, uh, Severance right now on Apple uh, TV Plus, and you'll watch uh, anything Steve Jobs tells you to watch. <laughs> Tim, I have bad news about Steve Jobs. But um, uh, 
uh, Ben Stiller so far has directed most of the episodes of uh, Severance, and and it's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. So actually, I'm very curious to see uh, like a or because Ben Stiller is not somebody a lot of people think about as a director, but he's directed a lot of things. He's directed the Cable Guy. Yeah. Which was a flop at the time, but in, you know, uh, but now a lot of people look uh, very fondly upon. Um, Let's see. What else? Did you watch Escape at Danamora? No, I I kept meaning to because, uh, you know, that that whole story was fascinating to me. Yeah, it was on like Showtime or something. I couldn't figure out how to watch it. Yeah, yeah, same here. But but yeah, apparently uh, he, he, that was uh, well directed. It sounds like so. But yeah, reality bikes. We'll do we'll do reality bites. Okay. I said reality bikes the first time, <laughs> and I I don't know if that's like a like some bicycle pornography uh, parody. <laughs> Why would it be so. pornography? <laughs> imagine they made bicycle parodies of movies, not pornography, but just bicycle centric. It just sounds like some, you know, like, uh, <laughs> like uh, instead of uh, Alfred Hitchcock's cycle, and it would just be like, oh, a, yeah, there you a, go. A, a bicycle taking a shower. I, I think, you know, nowadays, the only parodies that get made are porno parodies. Am maybe. I right? Eh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I've just fallen off with I'm, I got my parodies. fingers crossed for a, for a new hot shots any day yeah. now. I I hey screams back. Let's see another scary movie. Did you watch the new Scream? No. Did you? Mm-hmm. Paramount Plus, baby. I love uh, it. Yeah, it's my I've, favorite I've streaming. Got Paramount Plus. Yeah. I, I should watch it. Was it good? Yeah, it was All fine. Right. Uh, B minus. No. Oh, better than Endgame. No, I think C. I think I. I, th- okay. I think it's a little worse than Endgame. All I don't right. remember. I'm gonna do. Have to do I need my to like book. remember a lot about the old Scream movies? No, they'll. They'll exposition you to death in it. Yeah, they'll beat me over the head with it. Yeah, <laughs> they also talk about the scream lore, like like when they're talking about stuff. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't even like, uh, yeah, I remember. And I've seen the first scream a couple times, but like they're like these are the killers in the first one. It's like oh, I didn't I didn't remember who the killers <laughs> were or anything. Yeah, and, it, and is that important going forward? Yeah, it, I mean it is in this movie, but they oh, just okay. tell you who they were and why they're all right. Relevant. Great, because I'm I'm not gonna yeah. watch five other scream movies before this. Yeah, Tim, did you see? Uh, I know we got to wrap up the episode, but uh, uh, Mission Impossible. There's like a big uh, Hollywood Reporter story on Mission Impossible Seven and Eight. I saw that it exists. I saw that yeah. at the last minute, Tom Cruise wanted to add in a submarine sequence. Oh, I didn't even see um, that. I just saw that appara- apparently they just started Mission Impossible 8 and Mission Impossible 7 cost $300 million. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so it's like a big like, oh boy, hopefully that movie makes its money back, but we are already making the next one. So Also, like I think... Tom Cruise is determined to die on the set because eight is supposed to be the final chapter. Oh, is um, it? Okay. It's from what I heard. Um, yeah. And I think he's going to be like, well, I'll be long dead by the time <laughs> these movies don't make I their money back. I will not be back. held accountable for these movies. These um, movies will make their money back though. Like, Will they? I don't, I mean, the other movies 
the stories suck, <laughs> you know, it's, but the, but the, the action scenes are unbelievable. So I think as yeah. long as they didn't screw those up and it doesn't sound like they did, it sounds like, you know, he's trying even harder to kill himself in these movies. Yeah. But the uh, next one doesn't even come out till next year. It comes out 2023. Yeah. Crazy. Hey, the movies. We love them. Hey, enjoy the Oscars this weekend, everybody. Yeah. Hey, sound off on your picks below. And tell me what, God damn it! sound off in the comments about which <laughs> fast food items I should, I should you're eat. You're just desperate. You just want to be able to be like, oh, these Patreon supporters, I, I guess they do sign my paycheck. And if they want mm-hmm. me to go eat these fast food items, I've got to do it. Yeah, and I'll give an update. It'll give a, a special, it'll, it'll be a, a special report. Yeah, from uh, from the porcelain throne. The toilet. Yeah. Thanks for being patrons. We love you very much. We'll see you next week. Reality Bites. Bye.